Hey y'all, I'm Lynn the Small Black Woman, and you're listening to Space Time Music, a podcast exploring the roots, shoots, and branches of music through samples and covers. On today's episode, DJ Ronrica. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Miss Miss Lydia, or you, SBW. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't use my real name. Use oh, my DJ name. I'm sorry. <laughs> SBW, DJ, S, SBW, sorry. Uh, you brought a couple of classics as your favorite samples and covers, but before we go into that, I want to dig into your musical soul, as I like to call it, your music profile. I want to give the listeners a sense of the filter through which you're listening to the samples and covers we'll be exploring later on in the episode. So to begin, uh, you aren't a DJ, but I like to begin the unpacking of your music soul by having guests create a DJ name. And you picked DJ Ronrica. What's the story behind DJ Ronrica? Um, so I've had a few nicknames throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my best friends and I, we like to partake in alcohol. And so... Partake in alcohol? <laughs> and so... Um, at some point, she came up with, well, we looked at the name Ron Rico, which is the name of a rum, mm-hmm. and we added a A to it, as you do in yes. Latin culture. <laughs> Adding, you know. Yes. And uh, it became Ron Rica, and I was like, ooh, I kind of like that nickname. Mm-hmm. So that was the evolution of if I actually had a DJ nickname, mm-hmm. I kind of like... The, the sound of Ron Rico. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, to begin with your music history, what was your first and or favorite 45 slash LP? Well, okay. So the first, I, don't, I can't remember the first one, mm-hmm. um, but since I was probably a young kid and I was quote unquote spinning my own records on my (laughs) certified uh, outer space looking phonograph player I love Um, that you say phonograph (laughs) so so 20th century right right Um, I feel like my first um, albums were like those Disney albums Mm. and I played the Aristocats to death. <laughs> There's some bops on there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So everybody wants to be a cat. Scatman Crothers. Yes, yes. Um, Google it, children. Google it. Knows where is that? Tell me, everybody's picking up on that feline beat. Cause everything else is obsolete. Google it. Um, I want to be like you. Um, and of course, it was about cats, and I love cats, so. Mm-hmm. It was just a... Spoke to your childhood soul. Yeah, it did. It Mm -hmm. did. It really did. So if I had to say that 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 was... If I had to pick that that was a first one, then... Or pick a first one. Right. It would have been the Aristocats. (laughs) Okay, so that was your first LP love. Yes. And following the evolution of music distribution... You go from your records to your cassettes. What was your your first cassette? Your favorite cassette? What was what was happening? 
So, cassettes are not, for me, it's not a, a, a favorite per se, um, because since I am, I grew up in D.C., um, D.C. had go-go music, mm-hmm. um, and then as you already know, um, New York also had the evolution of hip hop. Right. So as So you're getting mixtapes. You get into mixtapes, you're you wanna record and because I was a Washingtonian, I wanted to record stuff that I was hearing on the radio that sounded new to me Mm -hmm. that we weren't playing in DC. So and at the time you had in New York the the lovely boom boxes. Yes. <laughs> and you know, you had to have a boom box, mm-hmm. fresh batteries, and uh, blank cassette tapes. Right. So it, for me it was about blank cassettes mm-hmm. more so than um, than buying music than on purchasing cassettes. Purchasing cassettes yeah. until we got to the point where we realized that you could join the Columbia Music Club. Yes. And yes, built many, many a music collection. Yeah, yeah. So, like, to this day, I do have 200 tapes, like, in storage somewhere. <laughs> um, at least 200 tapes in storage. But a lot of them are from, you know, what we recorded as uh, we traded uh, go-go tapes. Right. Um, and then a lot of it is stuff that I recorded when I was in New York. And then the, the lovely um, collection that I got courtesy of Columbia House, you know, 13 tapes for a penny. Um, <laughs> but next thing you know, you're getting all kinds of shit in the mail because you forgot to say, I don't want anything. This right, month. right, right. They or will get you. They member, will get you. And then you, you go for the sales and stuff. So. I think at that point it was a lot of um, either um, oh god uh, it was a lot of stuff coming out of the UK at the time so mm-hmm. I was a everything but the girl fan um, mm-hmm. Basha um, Incognito loose ends loose ends yes loose ends. All of that whole movement was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I need Sade. all of that, all of that. Um, so I needed all of that. Mm-hmm. And I had a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mm-hmm. um, courtesy of those sources. Mm-hmm. And then, so carrying through with that, with the evolution of distribution, then you get to your CDs and your MP3s. Mm-hmm. I, pers- I remember my first CDs and my first MP3s. But do you? <laughs> and what, but why is that like I feel like when CDs came out they were hyping them up like you know sound quality and so everybody wanted to get a CD but you don't you don't remember having that moment I don't because I wish I was the person that remembered like like I've been listening to um, Questlove do his sets on YouTube right and he'll say something like yeah um, so I remember when I first heard Control it yep. was Blah, blah, blah. It was such that was my a... first LP. Really? The okay. first one that I remember, because I got it. Like, it was something that was mine. It wasn't my mother's. It was something I got for Christmas. Like, I feel like everybody got it for Christmas that year. <laughs> everybody came back to school like, did you get Janet Jackson control? And I was okay. like, yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> but see, for me, I don't remember it as a date. Now, if you ask me, yeah, control came out on 
September 24th, 1984. Mm -hmm. I don't remember remember chronological order like Mm -hmm. that. I remember experience, like Mm -hmm. where I was or how I felt when I first heard it. Right. But I can't, I may not be able to associate that with an actual Mm -hmm. date, unfortunately. Um, So... To go back to what you originally asked me, which was like the first CD, um, my first CD experience that I remember was Anita Baker's compositions mm-hmm. on CD because at the time, well, to go back a little bit, I thought I was going to be a DJ as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we all did. Everybody all was did. like, if I was a DJ, what? <laughs> and then I was also fortunate enough to work on the production of a, ra- a locally produced radio program as a teenager mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, audio was, and the quality of audio was always very interesting to me mm-hmm. and important to me. So, when I heard Anita Baker's compositions, it was just like the perfectly engineered Mm. as well as perfect piece of music that I had heard. And then when you heard it on CD, Mm -hmm. it was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) So, that's when you had a moment. You were like, you know what? There might be something to this. Yeah, that was a moment. So mm-hmm. that would probably be my my go-to as far as what represented like a perfect CD in my head. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we've got like the basics, like the basics of your music going on, when you're getting ready to go out, what's your favorite genre, favorite song to get you ready to get a, hit the streets? Hit these Reykjavik streets. Right. The the <laughs> Nobody's dirty. in the streets right now, but. Right, right. <laughs> the dirty, busy streets of uh, downtown. Yes. But when we get back to it, what's what you going to put on to get in the mood? So I'm a moody uh, music person. It just depends on what mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recall that when my mother would have her going out tunes Mm -hmm. it could have been anything um so for example i guess i would have to go with um mayor hawthorne's henny and ginger ale Mm because you know it just gives you that beat and you know you probably got a drink in your hand as you're trying to get yourself together brown liquor scenario a little disco scenario mm-hmm. you just want some finger snapping yes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. some well-known finger snapping yes. you might have to go to um let no man put asunder classic remember the good times don't you want some more it's not a perfect Be. We got love to go. 
Now, am I correct in saying that, uh, so you said either, so there's not a preference, Mary J. Blige versus First Choice. Yeah, in that case, I mean, every case is different. Um, Mm -hmm. But in that case, Mary J. couldn't have done what she did were it not Mm -hmm. for First Choice. This is true. And I think in her instance, she didn't really change anything. She Mm -hmm. just was kind of feeling it and said, this was a favorite song. Let me yeah. just go ahead and do my thing on it, but mm-hmm. I ain't gonna change a whole lot. Right. Because even her, you know, even her, um, her ad libs mm-hmm. are, are pretty the much the same. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Except for the aquarium thing. Yeah. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. So, yeah, I feel like you could go either way mm-hmm. and not, you know, not feel slighted. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was listening to, in, prepping for this podcast episode i was listening to henny and ginger ale i was like this sounds an awful lot like got to give it up by marvin Gaye." Like an, an updated version. Yeah. So, do you know, did he run him a check? Did he run the estate a check? <laughs> just be like, thanks, Marvin. <laughs> that part I don't know. Maybe he I just mean, lit some incense, put yeah, in front of a picture yeah. of Marvin Gaye. He was feeling it. He was feeling it. But, um, to be fair, from what I understand, because um, when I heard about um, this particular artist, it was amazing to me that this was like a white dude, first mm-hmm. of all. In that he was a white guy out of Detroit. And well, so there you go. There's the connection. There's your connect. And then he was into like um, 70s soul, like right. Blue Lights in the Basement, um, the Dramatics. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that, all of that vibe. And then he ended up moving to LA and got into the LA vibe and style of music and Mm -hmm. actually it ended up that his style of music was what was being pumped on like the by like a lot of people that were hanging out like with well not with Snoop Dogg but people of Snoop Dogg's ilk right um those Sunday there's a term for it those Sunday night hangouts when you bring out your car right and you go cruising you go cruising Mm -hmm. a lot of that evolves around music from the 70s right right. I mean the cars from the 70s like they're you know these tricked out like Impalas with the with the what you call it hydraulics with the hydraulics Mm -hmm. and all of that and so a lot of that he ended up getting into that vibe as well or being recognized through that that scene that scene Mm -hmm. and Snoop Dogg actually became a fan, and I think they ended up recording together. So okay. he has he has different evolutions of what he does, mm-hmm. but he is an old soul to his heart. He's all about his disco, his seventies, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's always about trying to reach back, right, and maybe give something a new twist. All right, I can appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So. Inverse to that, to the going out. What's your staying in rainy day? I don't want to do anything but just sit in my feelings music. (laughs) 
Well, for me, it's always about um, soul music. Mm -hmm. And not as a genre, but something that just speaks Speaks to to your your soul. soul. Mm -hmm. Be it the the words, the melody, the combination. Um, I always find this interesting. Because I'm not, I mean... I, I think lyrics are important, but the first thing that always gets me is the music. Interesting. And then sometimes I'll be let down once I start listening to the lyrics. I'm like, oh, wait, you saying some dumb shit? Right, right. <laughs> so I'm always fascinated when people talk about, like, the, they hear the lyrics first. And I'm like, that is always, like, the last thing. Like, I get into music, 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 and then I listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But you're into, like, the, the lyrics, the storytelling, yeah, the, what's happening yeah, in the lyrics. Yeah, all about the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so... For, you know, a kick, you know, a laid back kind of melancholy mood might be raining. It's a Michael Franks kind of day. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny. I was thinking about this today. He was such a wordsmith. Um, and he has a song about this entitled Eggplant, actually. So he was doing... Eggplant in the emoji sense? Oh my goodness. When my baby cooks my eggplant, she don't need no book. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, and he does not seem like the type. Oh my goodness. But Fine. yeah, he has a song called Eggplant, which is very popular. And if you happen to be at one of the concerts, everybody's feeling lovely and they hear that eggplant. It's, it's oh on. my goodness. But he was making innuendo. And yes. Playing, he was an excellent wordsmith way back mm-hmm. before we got the actual eggplant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> he was, it was, uh, he was a prophet. He, he was, yeah. he's a psychic. He was yeah. like, you know what? And he would mix. He would also do a good job. He enjoyed like bossa nova, so he would, mm. he would do like a, a name drop of. Like Antonio Carlos Joe Bim mm-hmm. and just weaving into a, mm-hmm. a storyline and you'd be like, Oh my god, mm-hmm. I've got to go I've got to do that. Um and like with um Rainy Night in Tokyo, he would paint you a picture with words and you would be like, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. I got to do that. So seventh of September, remember when we met at the shrine, mm-hmm. your kimono looks so fine. I mean, you know, now I gotta go to I gotta pack a bag and get the Tokyo. <laughs> I need to see this. I mm-hmm. need to experience this for myself. This man is kicking it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Seventh of September remember when we met at the shrine your kimono looks so fine temple dancers swaying flutes playing but that's me yeah um yeah i'm more turned on about what's being said Mm -hmm. and how the story is being told and not to say that you can't get pulled in by a good beat of Mm -hmm. course we all do yeah i'm usually driven about what's being told. Mm-hmm. Which dovetails perfectly with the next question. Because what do you have on heavy rotation right now? Oh my. OMG. So. <laughs> it fits in more ways than one. I mean the eggplant. <laughs> the storytelling. Right, right. It all works. I think we're really getting to know you now. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of which. 
So, uh, Jasmine Sullivan's uh, EP, Hotels, that's mm-hmm. H-E-A-U-X, mm-hmm. Tales, T-A-L-E-S, mm-hmm. is... Um, Ooh, it could also be the other Tales, too. But Exactly. I mean, she, she had exactly. to pick one. She had to pick one. Exactly. So she, yes. <laughs> that, it's a play, again, a play on play words. Play on words all the way around. Clever play on words. All the way around. And her and... Ari Lennox and her and Anderson Pack. So you say her, not H E R. In my head, I'm always like her, H E R, H E R, her. Right. No, which one? Exactly. <laughs> I know it's conf- it's confusing. Um, they got together, and it's not only is it the the material that they're singing about, which mm-hmm. is women's empowerment through their owning their own sexuality, mm-hmm. owning their own sensuality, how it feels when you're in a relationship, some of the stupid stuff that we do mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. the name of having, being with the some people that we probably should not mm-hmm. be. But it's a very honest um, compilation and a representation of what, women go through mm-hmm. in different phases in women's words in their voices yes yep. mm-hmm. and you have to listen to the the vignettes between the songs mm-hmm. because it's the commentary by the artist or the artist's friends or the artist's mama mm-hmm. and they are very colorful and <laughs> to say the least colorful entertaining mm-hmm. but just honest and i think as women it's like actually getting a sense of being in on a women's, uh, you know, when the girlfriends get together yeah. and have a couple of drinks mm-hmm. and little girl talk. Yeah, we having a little girl talk and mm-hmm. we just getting real honest about it, right? Um, which you know can be a bit much for some people, but <laughs> sometimes you won't know. It's like I do not need to know that about you, but right, okay, all right. right. I'm just gonna forget you said that, but if you need to share, go ahead. Right, right. <laughs> though um so yeah i am definitely rocking hotels on repeat (laughs) y'all heard it here maybe not first (laughs) you should get it you should get it the guys are appreciating it um a little insight (laughs) okay the guys are getting down with because there are some some materials that are mentioned that they can appreciate So, yeah, that is definitely on a repeat. So now we're down to the nitty-gritty, the samples and the covers. Yes. Do you want to go covers first or samples first? I want to go wherever you want to go. Okay, let's go sample first. Okay. The sample you picked out was Give Me Your Love, Love Song, Curtis Mayfield, off of Superfly.
So was a little young DJ Ron Rica watching Superfly and being like, you know what? What happened? <laughs> I wish I could have been there. Um, insightful back then. Um, I remember seeing Superfly, but it wasn't the correlation with the sample didn't come until much later. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was something that I would always hear in the background, but maybe couldn't identify it exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like that happens a lot with Curtis Mayfield's music. Yeah. And maybe it's because it, he did so many soundtracks. Yeah. So we like know his sound, yeah. but we don't necessarily go, oh, it's that song by Curtis Mayfield. Right, right. It just becomes part of your life. Exactly. And for us, again, I, I can't neglect my my D.C., Maryland, Virginia upbringing. Um because we were we had access to live music, um, a lot of the go-go bands mm-hmm. would use like a Curtis Mayfield riff, mm-hmm. such as "Give Me Your Love," um, to to warm up. Right. Okay. And that was something you had to have in your repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I heard it a lot mm-hmm. in that way. Okay. Also, so it was heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? Yes. What is this? It was set the mood. Mm-hmm. People would just be like, oh, it's about to start. <laughs> yes, I need this right now. Um, so it, the sample came to me in that way. And then it also, when Love Jones hit the streets, mm-hmm. the movie Love Jones hit the yes. streets. With that adorable Lorenz tape. He was so little. <laughs> he was so tiny. I went back and looked at some clips because I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen Love Jones in forever. And he is like, him and Nia are like babies. I'm like, what are they talking about, grown right. folks? But they are like 12. Right. I mean, of course they weren't, but they just look so young and exactly. innocent. But for me, that whole, I, that was one of the first like present day movies that Mm. wasn't about killing and the typical genres that we had seen. It wasn't black exploitation. It wasn't a slavery movie. It wasn't a civil rights struggle movie. Right. It was just black people in love. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it was something that you could like I could picture myself doing at that time. Exactly. We going to me and my friends, we gonna go hang out and go to the um mm-hmm. the poetry slam or right. go to the lounge, mm-hmm. we gonna hear some live music, yada yada yada. So we can go to Nails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Nails still open probably. <laughs> <laughs> but so in the movie at some point, I was trying to look for it and I, I couldn't do it. Um <laughs> Yes, I, I did the same. I was like I for the love of God, can't find the clip. Right, anywhere. because and because we were probably looking for it, we weren't gonna find yeah. it. But or Curtis Mayfield's estate is like, mm-mm. No, 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 no. No, 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 Take that off the YouTube. Right, right. <laughs> that part. That part. Um, so there's a scene in the movie when the live band, when the our cast of characters is making an entrance into their favorite club or lounge mm-hmm. to hang out. And that that give me a love intro mm-hmm. is what's playing as they either enter the scene or the group comes into the club. Right. Yada, yada, yada. And it just set the tone. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yes, it's about to be some stuff going mm-hmm. on. It's just very of the moment. Very yeah. 90s club yeah. lounge exactly. feel. Exactly. You were like, just 
Yeah. Exemplified it. it What's just, the word I'm looking for? It it just set the vibe. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect vibe. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I would love to be that. Like, again, music for me makes me want to either investigate what's been being talked about or... Mm-hmm. You know, because I think that movie was supposedly set in Chicago. I think so. I think it was supposed to be Chicago. So it made me want to go and be like, yeah, what's the set looking like in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Okay, we might need to see this this Chicago thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is totally different from, well, not totally different. Because then when they did the stepper set, we call it hand dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always good to see different yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, that give me your love, that for and with the combination of love, Jones just right. had that mood, that vibe that mm-hmm. you just wanted to, you know, get into it. And you said the so the go go bands would play it like to warm up, but so like where, what's your favorite use of that sample, like in another song? So. Uh, our good friends, uh, Diggable Planets. Mm-hmm. I saw the video for Nickel Bags mm-hmm. and the use of the Curtis Mayfield sample. Mm-hmm. They riding through the New York streets in a convertible, mm-hmm. and you getting again setting that mood, that mm-hmm. tone. You just laid back, you the just blue, doing your the thing. Sun, the sugar's on your block. The planets let them flesh in the corners of New York. The ghetto, the meadow, the Mr. Butterfly. When the beats be very thick The hands, the feet, the brown baby treat The femmes fumble loose and drink the doodle juice The step, the flams, the planets got damp The peoples get a grip with the tape from a jam A nickel bag of funk, a nickel bag of funk A nickel bag of funk, a nickel bag of funk A nickel bag of funk, a nickel bag of funk uh-huh. A nickel bag of funk, a nickel bag of funk The big, the fat, the cool, cool cats The psychedelic soul puts the planets on the map Enjoying yourself, you ain't exerting a whole lot of energy. (laughs) It's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. And I really, I mean, diggable planets. You know, that's that's probably my vibe of hip hop. Like, I don't know, you know, Child Call Quest. Because y'all know, y'all know, 90s golden age of hip hop. Fight me. Fight me. (laughs) Come on. Oh, God, we, that could turn into a whole different discussion. I mean, there's no discussion. It is. <laughs> it just is. No, I'm not. It had reached maturity, like, from the late 70s, early 80s, just, you know. Right. Basic rapping over a beat to, like, completely orchestrating. Like, you have these elaborate lyrics and then taking all these samples, like 15, 20 samples from different songs, from different genres, genre, I can't even say it, genres of music. Putting them all together and making masterpieces. That only yeah. happened in the 90s. I'm just saying for the people out there who may yeah, be doubting. I know I know we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, it, and again, going back to what Questlove has been doing, providing an education about, you know, the evolution of music and right. how people got together and things of that. All of the backstory that you never knew you needed to know, but mm-hmm. he's been filling in the blanks. Um the fact that Jay Dilla was just like <laughs> yeah. behind all of my favorite Yeah, music. a walking music encyclopedia and beatmaster. Yeah, 
was yeah. and was able to do what he did in such a short period of yeah. time. Um, and I didn't even really realize everything he'd done until after he died. Me too. And I was like, wait, all of that was Jay Dilla? Yeah. Who knew? I mean, everybody in the music industry knew. Yeah, but they knew, but <laughs> I had no clue. But I we was, didn't know. Like, really? I mean, and then the way he would just be able to find what was a quote-unquote off off-brand beat right and turn it into something totally it will be some obscure like 1962 yeah. one hit wonder not even a hit just on some album that nobody really paid attention right. to and take right. that one little bit from that song right yeah. and then turn it into something that we have grown to know and love exactly like to this day but mm-hmm. all of that like your diggable planets your or the back what they call the the back backpack group of mm. hip-hop your tribe Native tongues. Your native tongues, mm-hmm. um, common, um, all of the, you know, mm-hmm. anybody that was talking about something other than what was what it was considered the norm at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were, again, you had a story to tell. Yeah. And you had something you were trying to express beyond my clothes, my relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just ran the gambit of human experience. Exactly. exactly. Which is a beautiful thing. Exactly. Which is what music should do, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so though, that is your the sample of choice, at least for now. I'm sure you have many more. I'm sure. Uh, but the two covers that you want to talk about, do you want to start with Street Life or Angel? Oh, we can start with Street Life. <laughs> just say street life just in a sentence and I hear her go street life <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, ding, ding, right. ding. and I'm like oh oh wait you were saying something sorry yeah I just went in it <laughs> exactly ding, ding. Okay, sorry I just heard a horn section um so street life by the crusaders and featuring Randy Crawford mm-hmm. on the vocals um so one of my favorite vocalists has become Rasan Patterson mm-hmm. and Rasan, Mr. Patterson would come through DC fairly often and at some point he decided to um, make a re do a remake mm-hmm. of Street Life for mm-hmm. the Hoodlum soundtrack. Did you ever see that movie? I don't think I ever saw that movie. Mm-hmm. You did? It was a good Okay. It's entertaining. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. 1997. I'm saying. I mean, you know. Um, so, he did it so well that every time he would come to D.C. and 
we'd be in our little one of our favorite venues like the Birchmere and uh, he would be doing his sets and doing his vocal vocal play as he does with his voice and you know applause and then all of a sudden you just hear in the background from the back street light street light (laughs) (laughs) you would get this look like oh god and so I had an opportunity to he he was on a cruise last year and we had a Q&A session mm-hmm. so or a year before or the year before yeah exactly. I know I know because uh, that year yeah. pre-COVID it was pre-COVID <laughs> it was like a month before everything shut down and so we had a Q&A session and we were asking him about his whole how he goes about wanting to select his song set mm-hmm. blah because he's kind of a very independent spirit and um, he spoke about how you know people would holler songs out to him mm-hmm. particularly since a lot of Washingtonians were on that boat um, <laughs> we were yes we were still screaming out street life and um he obliged us enough to mm-hmm. <laughs> give us a little something, something acapella for street life, of which we were very appreciative. Mm-hmm. such a good job or sign exactly sorry (laughs) and again i don't know if it's because you know that wasn't necessarily his song Mm -hmm. that he doesn't necessarily like to perform it right um and maybe does not perform it because again it might be a rights issue Mm -hmm. um but yeah he did he did a good job so yeah if you if you don't know what i'm talking about yeah go to the hulu soundtrack and check it out Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a little bit in there for them so they can yeah, hear it. Exactly. Um, so Street Life and, okay, the other cover. And, yes, I'll let you tell the people about Angel. Because I was a little surprised about something that you said about it. Okay. But go ahead, Angel, Anita yeah. Baker. 
So, yeah, we while we do, we do appreciate our Anita Baker. She is a treasure. She is. She is a definite treasure. So. Auntie Anita. Auntie Anita. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like I wrote it down, 2015. Or at least that's when the live album came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So previous to that, Soul Train had aired the Soul Train Music Awards where they did an Anita Baker tribute. Mm-hmm. And this is this is what I remember. And I could be wrong, but this is what I remember. Um so within that Anita Baker tribute, Layla Hathaway gets up. And sings Angel. Mm-hmm. Everybody just goes off because yeah. she just hits it. She mm-hmm. she tears it down. It's just like ridiculous. And mm-hmm. I mean, Layla is a amazing vocalist mm-hmm. on her own. Yeah, and she is mu- music royalty mm-hmm. as she is Donna Donny Hathaway's daughter. Mm-hmm. So you you know you would kind of expect that. Um, but she just tore it down. Yeah, and then and up until that point. I don't know, maybe she had been, you know, doing that in her live shows Mm -hmm. previous, but I don't recall hearing it until I had seen it on the Soul Train Awards. Right. And then she ends up releasing a live album, Mm -hmm. and Angel happens to be on that album, or CD. And um, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So, I think, so if 
if I were hard pressed yes. to have to be a because you know I would ask. Yeah, if I was pushed into a corner, mm-hmm. this is a now, and this is a different case as opposed to like um, MJB and First Choice. Mm-hmm. This is a different case because um, there are people who will redo other people's songs. Yeah, and then there are people who will just remake the song and tailor it to themselves. Right, and so. Like, you know, Luther was just like a master at that. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, if I had to pick, I would probably have to go with Layla's version of Angel over Anita Baker's. (laughs) I didn't say that, people. I did not say that. Which might be blasphemous. (laughs) I'm a ride with Layla. I'm just riding with Layla. (laughs) I highly recommend both versions. Check Check out both of them. Yeah. I would say pay your respects, go to Anita, listen to her first, and then check out Layla. Yeah. and I That's what I'll say. The other part of it was, again, going back to my DC Go-Go, a lot of bands would go and sing that as their slow jam. And Go-Go? Yes. So Go-Go slow jam version of Angel. Mm-hmm. When they I, were trying to slow the crowd down right. and get you to catch your breath. Right. They would do... I'm trying to imagine what that sounds like. Uh, similar. <laughs> You'd be surprised. But like, what a go-go No, they beat. wouldn't add a go-go Okay, beat that's what I was like, wait, no. what? <laughs> they might add some embellishment, but basically oh, okay. it was the slowdown so okay. that you could, because we've been sweating, mm-hmm. you know, getting our groove on, mm-hmm. but now we need to slow it down, so... Okay. And then, I was really trying to figure out how you would go over <laughs> the bench. I was like, my head was like, okay, hold on. But they, hey, hmm. yeah, but then they would do start back up and then take like Anita Baker's Been So Long mm. and get into that as a build up for mm. their next set, which I've heard that one time too many. So <laughs> if, so when I heard Angel by, in Layla Hathaway's voice, Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, MG, this yeah. is amazing. <laughs> she's just, she's, I mean, she's amazing. She is. She is. She's amazing. So She can do all kinds of things with her voice. Yes, she can. Yes, she can. She's a special woman that mm-hmm. Layla Hathaway. She has total talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> special talents that nobody, I don't know. And I'm surprised that she's not, I feel like she's not as well known as she, as she should be. Because you, you see some of these children, yeah. you hear some of these children singing songs, and you're like, really? Right. Really? Right. And she's such a uh, a consummate musician. Yes. Um, I mean, she's like, what's the word? She's uh, classically trained. Yes. In addition to, and mm-hmm. has all these relationships with her relationships throughout the music industry just go all over the mm-hmm. place and she's been you know in duos with I believe Snoop Dogg um let's see um of course jazz artists like Joe Sample Robert Glasper she does a lot of work with mm-hmm. um but yeah she's worked with um Gregory Porter She's able to work with anybody and everybody and just stay low key. Mm-hmm. She comes in, does a thing, rocks it, mm-hmm. on to the next thing. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I really love her voice, so she can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Another one to add to your list, children, if you haven't heard Layla yeah. Hathaway, go check it out. Check it out. And I'm going to put everything, all the songs we talked about, put them in the show notes. So if you were listening, you're like, who, what, when, where, <laughs> it'll be in the show notes. A link to my A Sample, A Cover playlist is also in the show notes. And there you can find almost all of the songs I talk about on this podcast. Space Time Music is on Facebook as Space Time Music Podcast. So check that out for more content, mini blogs, and links to good music. This has been Space Time Music with Lid the SBW and DJ Ron Bye, y'all.